plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Happy, happy Valentine's Day. I hope you are having a day full of love and fun and gratitude for all the good things in life. Welcome to our Power Hour. This is our informational playground, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're brought to the airways under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and as always, we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. The Miracle Moment for today brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. You can visit Be The Star You Are at bethestarur.org. And this is from Charles Dickens. It's very appropriate for today and Valentine's. A loving heart is the truest wisdom. Well, what we're going to be talking about in today's show is um, in segment three, we're going to hit on how we can stay healthy from colds, flus, RSV, COVID-19, so much illness going around and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention warn that that um, all these sicknesses are on the rise. So we really need to take care of ourselves. In segment two, elections are happening globally in 2024, yet having an election is no guarantee of democracy. And political competition and civil society is shrinking while elected officials are eroding democratic institutions. Is there a check on powers? Is democracy in crisis well we're going to find out and right now what are the lichens and moss and why are they important to the environment they grow on trees and rocks and are witnessed in forests and cities Uh, they are a keystone species that provide food and shelter and i'm going to tell you how they are helping the environment but first of all again uh wishing you a very Happy uh, Valentine's Day. I hope that you are making a gratitude journal or a list of all the things that you appreciate about your partner or about your relationship and discuss it with him or her to make this day more special, more rewarding. And of course, you know, flowers and chocolates and dinners, all of that is always appreciated. And Heck, why not raise a glass of champagne as well? Well, uh, Lao Tzu said that nature does not hurry, yet everything is accomplished. And here in California, we have been having some pretty major storms. It certainly seemed like nature was hurrying to topple trees, flood streets, and dare us to pay attention. Various reports noted the winds were hurricane equivalent, 
Um, there were shorn branches, palm fronds, and other debris littered the streets. The local creeks are rushing, and houses are being sandbagged as an extra layer of protection, including my own. And I do say I do love the sound of the water rushing, but you don't want it rushing into your house. And those branches coming down, that could be pretty scary, and it could also be pretty dangerous. Well, we need the precipitation, yet it is better to have a break between these very volatile atmospheric rivers. The hills here are greening. I mean, in fact, most of them are green right now, and then the weeds are sprouting up. And if you happen to live on a hillside anywhere, I recommend not to begin weeding until the rains halt because those roots actually will help stabilize the soil. If you have like oxalis, which is or shamrocks, um, those stabilize as well. I also love the beautiful yellow flowers. But with the wet weather, you might have noticed a multitude of mosses covering bricks, stones, and wood. And now moss is an ancient non-vascular species. It's existed for millions of years around the globe, and it requires damp, moist conditions to thrive. Mosses are rootless, and they reproduce via spores. There are over 10,000 known types of moss, and yes, there are male and female mosses. And mosses is actually the correct word, although we always usually just say moss. If you've ever hiked in a fern forest or camped in the redwoods, you've probably enjoyed sitting on a cushy moss-covered log. Moss is important in the ecosystem because moss stabilizes soil and it reduces erosion. Mosses also fight against air pollution and they are effective indicators of CO2 emissions. They filter water and they provide food to insects and other invertebrates. And I like them as an elegant top cover for my potted plants because moss maintains moisture. And it really, the moss looks really pretty when you put it, especially on indoor plants. It just finishes off the look. Now, often people mistake lichens for moss, yet they're very, very distinct organisms. Mosses are singular organisms, while lichens are composites, and they are formed when fungi and algae enter into a symbiotic relationship. Now, lichens are ubiquitous. There's about 15,000 species in every size, shape, and color, and they grow on trees, rocks, walls, and they'll even make a home out of decaying fabric. Or if you, you know, leave some old clothes somewhere, you might get lichens in them. They are what are called a primary colonizing species with around 3,600 of these species that are actually endemic to North America. And through decomposition, they influence soil formation, which helps create the correct conditions for other organisms to flourish. Lichens are considered a keystone reflection of the health of an environment. Where lichens prosper, the area is healthy and it has good air quality. Now, lichens fight air pollution as they do absorb carbon dioxide through their photosynthesis process. 
and lichens benefit humans by absorbing pollutants, including heavy metals, sulfur, and carbon. And what scientists do is they can extract these toxins to determine the pollution levels in any environment. Now, other things that are important to know about lichens is that hummingbirds and other birds actually make nests from lichens. And they also use lichens as camouflage and insulation. Many grazing animals will include lichens as a nutritious food source. And, you know, that, especially like deer and moose and antelope. Some insects have adapted their appearance to be disguised as lichen. And here's something that's really good. If you have lichens growing on your rocks, your trees, and your soil, or anywhere on your property, you are really fortunate because this means that the air that you are breathing is clean and healthy. And you have to be very careful to not disturb lichen-encrusted soil as it can take years to regenerate. When I was visiting Iceland a couple of years ago, we were specifically told not to walk or sit on the lichen-covered earth as it could take hundreds of years to regrow. It was really kind of a shocking thing because if you've been to Iceland, you see lichens everywhere. And I mean, they cover some of the rock walls and just some of the hillsides. It's really, and they're very beautiful. And some people want to take selfies or just take other photos in it, but it's actually illegal to do that because just standing on the lichen damages it. And as I said, it could take hundreds of years to regenerate. So nature does not hurry with lichen. And I am eternally grateful for the bounty of lichens that call my landscape home. And I know when I first saw them and I didn't know enough about lichens, I thought, Oh my goodness, I I have so much of this growing on my trees and my rocks and all of this. And is that good? And then I did a lot of study about it and found out that having the lichens and having the moss is actually really, really good. So for you, if you have it in your property, be grateful. Now, here's some additional February garden gossip for you. The ferocious winds and river of rain have pummeled my narcissi, yet I am thrilled that the stronger stems of daffodils have been unaffected. So if you are growing narcissi and you are in the rain, don't be too discouraged because narcissi are um, have a very weak stem and they flop over really easily, kind of like tulips would too. But if you're growing daffodils, and hopefully you'll have daffodils that will naturalize, they have a nice strong stem and they can withstand the, uh, the rain as well as the cold. Now, burgundy calla lilies, as well as the traditional white crystal clear calla lilies, have emerged. And this indicates that spring is within reach. And they are such a beautiful ornamental plant. Although not a true lily, they have gorgeous trumpet-shaped flowers that bloom in several colors. And if you don't already grow them, you can buy a few of these African natives at your favorite nursery as they'll provide you with years of beauty and bliss starting in late winter. 
you can always just keep them in a pot or container while they're blooming. And so, and you could even bring them indoors to enjoy. And then once they stop blooming, you could dig them out of the pot and plant them in your garden. Now you could keep them in the pot all year long if you want, but um, they'll actually uh, natural, I don't want to say completely naturalized, but they will spread and you can uh, do some divisions and get more of them if you plant them in your soil. Be on the lookout for monarch butterflies through the end of February. The, recently, I visited the Pismo Beach Butterfly Grove, which has one of the largest protected overwintering sites for Western monarch butterflies. They have tall eucalyptus and Monterey cypress trees, and these provide a sheltered area with thermal stability. These butterflies can fly over 200 miles in a day, and some travel 2,000 miles to reach their overwintering grounds in California. And when summer summons, they fly as north as Canada. Now, here in our area, we have a beautiful monarch. Uh, butterfly garden in a park that was created by our local garden club. And this is because we are on the monarch migration coastal course. Now the monarchs and their migration are threatened. So here's some things you can do to protect monarch butterflies and actually all butterflies and, um, and all, you know, all life. You want to be organic. Do not use pesticides, herbicides, or fungicides. Plant milkweed. Now, milkweed is specific to monarchs. This is their food. You also want to plant some native nectar flowers. And then support any local conservation efforts. And then you can educate yourself. There's the Xerces uh, Society, which is X. E-R-C-E-S dot org. And if you do a forward slash monarchs, you'll get a lot of information. Right now, navel oranges are ripe and sweet, and there is really nothing more delicious than a freshly picked orange or squeezing some freshly picked oranges to make orange juice. If you are going to be planting any bare root roses, they need to be planted by the end of the month. And there are a wide range of glorious selections in the garden centers. And in fact, some of the nurseries and garden centers have them at reduced rates now because it's the end of the season for planting bare root. But make sure to follow the soaking and planting directions carefully. I usually soak mine at least 24 hours in a bucket of water before planting it to give those roots that extra boost of moisture. And talking about roses, this is the final time to prune any growing roses, uh, if you're not in snow country, that is. Um, for an April or May burst of blooms, and you want to cut canes back to at least one third. And then finally, of course, treat your true love to a beautiful bouquet or an inspired live plant. Today is Valentine's Day. At least for me, I always like to get something that is growing. So may everything get accomplished in nature's time. And don't forget, if you have a storm coming, sandbag before the storm, marvel at your moss, like your lichen, and look for butterflies. Most of all, stay dry, stay safe, 
Happy gardening, happy growing, and happy love day. When we come back from break, we will discuss how to stay cold and flu-free, or at least what you can do to decrease your risk. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back in just a bit. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program, Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Well, I'm back. I'm Cynthia Bryan. I still am Cynthia Bryan. We'll always be Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and I appreciate the fact that you are tuning in. So how healthy have you been this year? This has been a really tough time, I think, between December and now it's February. So many people have been sick and sick for really long periods of time. In fact, I have had um, emails that in Europe, they're calling it the 100-day cough where people get really sick um, with a virus and a bad cough and it lasts 100 days. That is a really long time. It's like three and a half months. So the cold and flu cases are on the rise, and it's really important that we know how to decrease our risk and at least take care of ourselves if we do get sick. I mean, it is absolutely physically impossible 
to get the flu from the flu vaccine. So know that in advance. So we have to reduce that fear of getting that flu vaccine. Now, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention warned that flu cases are on the rise, and they estimate that um, in 2023, they haven't even accounted for 2024 yet, that flus were up by 3.6 million people had already been sick by December uh, of 2023. Fifty thousand are expected to die from the virus annually. That is a really big number, and there are a few things that you can do that will help you. The first line of defense against the flu is to get the flu vaccine. I know some people are vaccine averse, and Sad to say that is not a very smart stance to take. These vaccines are safe and effective. And I encourage you highly to talk to an authorized physician, somebody that you trust, somebody that is um, licensed and get their opinion. Obviously, if you have some underlying conditions that might prevent you from having a vaccine, that's a different story. But for the general public, they're, they're getting a flu vaccine is going to help. You need to know that no vaccine is 100% effective. So that's always an argument about people who don't believe in vaccines. They'll say something like, well, you know, so-so, Susie got the vaccine and she still got sick. Well, that's true. People who get the flu vaccine just do better overall. They might be sick for less time. They're less likely to be hospitalized. And most importantly, they're less likely to die from the flu. Thousands die from the flu um, all the time. It is not a benign illness. It, it can be deadly. And if you get a bad flu, you are going to feel like you're going to die. And especially if you have one that it comes with the respiratory uh, infection too, where you really can't breathe. Now, what do you do if you start feeling sick? What physicians say is that once the virus is actually in your body, there isn't anything that you can do to just get rid of it other than time, sleeping, and kind of managing the effects. There's not, not any magic bullets. There's no vitamins. There's no supplements. There's nothing that is just going to prevent you from getting sick. But you might be able to reduce the length of time or to feel better. You know, we always say that chicken soup, that's why the books Chicken Soup for the Soul became so popular because they were kind of that soothing element of reading. And that's why they were called the chicken soup. And if you can make chicken soup and have chicken broth, sometimes that makes you feel better. If you get a fever, if you have body aches, um, you know, you could take uh, Tylenol or ibuprofen. Sometimes that's helpful. You have to stay hydrated. I know when I get sick, well, I drink a lot of tea all the time, but when I'm not feeling well, um, that's when I really, really, really need to have a lot of, uh, of tea. And if you're so sick that you are vomiting, 
you it's more important than ever to stay hydrated. Of course, if you're feeling really, really under the weather, always call your physician because you should seek medical care. There might be something else going on and you could get a virus and then you could get a bacterial infection on top of that. Like you could get pneumonia. And if you are of a certain age, you should um, talk to your doctor about getting that pneumonia shot as well. The best ways to avoid colds and flus is to stay away from people who have colds and flus. You're not going to just get a cold or flu by going outside, but you will get it if you are in a room with people who were sneezing and coughing and hacking or uh, if you're like on an airplane or especially in the airport, if you're going to be traveling, please wear a mask. And if you're sick, wear a mask because um, you can you not only can you spread it to other people, but the mask is a line of defense. And again, a lot of people are anti-masking. But this season is one of those seasons that you just have to be a little bit extra cautious. Also, it's so important that you get enough sleep. If you are feeling sick, go to bed, stay home, don't go to work, don't send your kids to school. You know, kids going to school, I know, you know, parents have to work and they don't want to stay home with their sick kid. But unfortunately, you send your sick kid to school, not only is the child miserable, but the child spreads it to all the other kids as well. And sometimes it can be really serious where little kids can end up in the hospital. And especially if they haven't had any vaccines um, that for flu or RSV, and I'll talk about RSV in a, in a minute. Um, stay hydrated, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. I know it sounds redundant and basic, but that's something that if we continue to wash our hands, it will be better because although we're told not to touch our faces, don't touch your eyes, don't touch your mouth, don't touch your nose, you know, we're kind of always touching our faces. And with people coughing and sneezing, those virus droplets are just spreading all over the place. And um, and it's going on surfaces. It's on door handles and on countertops. And, you know, it's everywhere. Um, I always carry hand sanitizer with me. And every time I am in a public space or have touched anything, I hand sanitize. That's not going to guarantee that you're not going to get sick, but maybe you might keep away some of those germs that are out there. And um, if you're in an enclosed space for any extended period, as I said, the wearing a mask is absolutely the smartest thing to do. And if you have to cough or sneeze, that mask is going to prevent it from going on to other people. And, you know, always cover your mouth when you are sneezing. If you're sick, you don't want to be near anybody um, because that can really help other people stay uh, healthy. And, you know, I guess it's, it's again kind of back to that isolate yourself. Here are some things that were reported by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention as far as the numbers. Um, as of uh, estimated number of flu-related medical visits, and now this isn't the number of people who 
got sick, but the number of people who went to the doctor in 2023 was about 1.7 million for the flu. The estimated number of flu-related hospitalizations in 2023 was 36,000. That is a lot. And um, as many people as 50,000 are expected to die from the flu annually. That is a very high number, and you don't want to be one of them. Now, RSV is uh, another virus that is going around, and there is a, uh, a vaccine for it for young people and people over, it's either 60 or 65 it's called um, RSV is respiratory synctile virus. And sadly, it sends over 80,000 children under the age of five to the hospital every year in the United States. But there isn't this new drug that was approved last year for babies under one year. And that can significantly reduce the risk that they face. Also, pregnant women are able to get the vaccine and that can help the baby in utero as well as when the baby is born. Now, there was a study of 8,000 infants that were a year or younger um, that were entering their first RSV season. And that runs from fall to spring. And these 8,000 babies received one injection of Nurse Vimob, that the brand name is Bifortis in the study. And this was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. And it was funded by the drug makers Sanofi and AstraZeneca. Um, it is a, a monoclonal antibody that acts almost like a vaccine. It's not quite a vaccine, you know, it is, it is uh, an injection, but it trains the child's immune system to recognize RSV and defend against it. They found in this study that the drug was 83% effective in preventing hospitalization among babies who got it compared with those who didn't receive any treatment. And it was 75% effective in reducing severe RSV. Now, it's not preventing it, but it is reducing the severity and preventing the hospitalization. Of course, there were supply issues, which was um, challenging this past year. And there were so few doses available that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention actually asked doctors to give their supply of the nurse vermod to infants at the highest risk of RSV complications. And those would be, you know, um, babies that were, had very low body weights or were premature, or they had some underlying health condition. Um, and also any high risk babies, you know, those that uh, might have any heart and lung conditions. And they are to continue to receive um, the RSV treatment. Now, there are, the manufacturers said that there are an additional 230,000 uh, doses now available. So hopefully, if you are a parent of a child who has not had it, talk to your physician and see if you can get this because we still are in the season and you don't want 
your babies to get sick. So obviously, um, the same thing goes for babies as for people. If you have a newborn and this kind of environment where so many viruses are going around, uh, and there are so many infections, is that you want to control the situation and avoid exposing your baby to any sick people or a lot of public spaces. And don't let um, don't let visitors like kiss your baby or maybe not even hold the baby. In fact, they say, just tell them to tickle the feet and don't do anything else because uh, you just don't want the baby to get so sick. And I know uh, several babies who were in the hospital this year, very, very sick with RSV and other respiratory infections. So be careful. And um, again, talk to your doctor but please don't be afraid of vaccines. Now, COVID-19 is on the rise again. Uh, we're in another, you know, it's another one of those curves. So if you haven't had a COVID vaccine, you might want to, again, talk to your doctor, contact your pharmacy, you, uh, for you could sign up. There's a lot of pharmacies that you can just do it online. And some places you can get, um, depending on, they have a whole, you know, what is it, a questionnaire that they ask you, but you might be able to get an RSV, a flu shot, and a COVID shot, but I don't recommend getting them together. Um, also, if you haven't had your pneumonia shot, it's some places will tell you, oh yes, it's fine to get them together, but I think you might get really sick. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, you could have a reaction from the um, the vaccine just because they're strong. So maybe get them separately and then you'll be protected for the next few months. Well, you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We're going to have a business bite and then we'll be back talking about democracy. I hope you're having a happy a Valentine's Day as of now and have more plans for later. Be back in a bit. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Studies reveal that when someone meets you for the first time, 80% of that first impression has absolutely nothing to do with the words you speak. 50% of that impression is through your body language and your personal appearance. 30% is the tonality of your voice and the energy that you project. Therefore, only 20% is dependent on your words. In order to make a great first impression, practice boosting your level of energy and enthusiasm quotient while transforming your body language to project confidence and interest in the other person. As you interact with another person, watch his or her body language and tailor your conversation to reflect that. We only have one shot at a first impression, and that imprint may be the difference between success or rejection. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information, visit 
CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an I.com. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Well, we are back, and it is a decisive year for democracy worldwide. And if you are following what's happening in the world, you have reason to be concerned. I was reading a a January Time magazine, and I thought that the brief news segment was so fascinating that I wanted to bring it to your attention, and maybe you may want to read it too. It was um, an essay that was written by Yasmin Sirhan and Asha I can't pronounce this correctly, Raj Vanishi. And I just thought that they both did such a great job in, you know, giving an idea of what's happening around the world. And I thought, I'm just going to share with you some of the things that they said. Elections are no guarantee of democracy. And that, of course, we know from who holds them. Even full-blown tyrants crave the legitimacy that, in the modern era, can be provided only by the ballot box, margins of victory doubling as one more tool of intimidation. And I'm going to be reading some of what they wrote, and then I'll probably paraphrase some of the others, but you can um, check it out. It's also true that democracy does not exist without a elections, which is why this year in 2024 carries such a significance. More than half the world's population will go to the polls, 4.2 billion citizens across approximately 65 countries from what in a distance at least appears to be a spectacle of self-government, but at closer range, the picture is cloudier and there's a lot of warning flashing lights that are flashing red. (laughs) So 2024 may be the make or break year for democracy in the world. And this is a quote by Staffan Lindbergh, who is the director of the Varieties of Democracy or VDEM Institute. It's a Swedish think tank that analyzes the complexity of the concept of democracy. 
And some of the countries that are having um, elections, just to give you, you know, a, a, something to think about, the United Kingdom, the EU, the Parliament, of course, the U.S., Mexico, Tunisia, South Africa, Russia, Taiwan, Indonesia, Bangladesh, India, Pakistan, and I mean, there's more, but those are just a few of them. Now, what Lindbergh says is that more than the sheer number of elections or the fact that many of the countries holding them have global influence, the worry is this, that so many have now empowered leaders or parties with actual anti-democratic leanings. And around the world, including in some of the biggest and most influential countries, experts have observed that the space for political competition and civil society is shrinking. And at the same time, elected but illiberal leaders are cracking down on opponents and critics. They're eroding democratic institutions like the judiciary and the media that serve as a check on their power. And finally, consolidating that power through constant uh, changes and even changes in constitutions. So when the leader next stands for office, it's in an election that ostensibly could be free, but is no longer fair. So that process is already well along in much of the world. Of the 43 countries expected to hold free and fair elections, this electoral megacile, 28 do not actually meet the essential conditions for a democratic vote. And that's according to the Democracy Index from the Economist Intelligent Unit. Eight of the 10 most populous countries in the world, including India, Mexico, and the U.S., all of which head to the polls this year, are grappling with the challenge of ensuring voter participation, free speech, and electoral independence, while authoritarianism is on the rise. So what does it mean to have a free and fair election? Is it possible to have a free but unfair election? And how unfair does it have to be to be no longer called democratic? That is one of the questions that the think tank is really focusing on this year. Um, and they say that this is the 17th consecutive year of global decline. Now, the American presidential contest looms larger, not only because the U.S. is the world's longest standing democracy, but the challenger leading in early Republican polling, Donald Trump, hopes to once again secure the office that he refused to vacate after losing to Joe Biden four years earlier. And he participated a physical insurrection on the day Congress was validating the result. But he is campaigning, as we all know, while he is under on indictment on charges related to January 6th. And I think he has 91 charges and what, four indictments. So in India, there are issues as well, Bangladesh, all these other countries. And in Russia, which has led the way on mis uh, misinformation and disinformation, 
and where Vladimir Putin is all but certain to secure a fifth term in office. The electrical, the electoral, not electrical, but they are kind of electrical, electrical, aren't they? These electoral contests have largely become pro forma with all meaningful opposition thrown behind bars. I mean, even autocrats acknowledge that legitimacy comes through elections. So attacks on free and fair elections bring forth the reminder that even in the most advanced democracy, necessary work must be done to shore up institutions such as electoral bodies, the judiciary, and even the media. All these elections are taking place in 2024, and they're going to be confronting some some version of attacks against democracy and attacks against electoral integrity. Without the kind of proactive work to defend democracy, we're going to have some backsliding. Now, populist leaders pose particular challenges to democratic norms, as do hyperpolarization and growing distrust, which is abetted by misinformation, disinformation, and which is now being proliferated at a faster rate than ever because of generative artificial intelligence. In fact, um, an example in Mexico, the president has been amplifying false and misleading information against his opponent, which uh, the elections aren't until June, but he's already doing that. And we've seen how much authoritarians have capitalized on using some of these tools to push out their propaganda. Now, companies like Facebook and Google they have instituted mechanisms to help protect the integrity of elections online, but any platforms that haven't are bound to be exploited by the bad faith actors. And we all know that there are tons of sites out there and dark web and social media and a lot of deep fakes. So they're moving to the ones that either don't have the resources, I'm talking about the bad actors, or aren't willing to put in the time and effort. So there's going to be a lot of disinformation and misinformation and outright lies. And that's going to be a pretty scary, um, you know, for, for any social media or any web to combat the hate speech. But platforms have an obligation to combat all that hate and, you know, all kinds of racial slurs, et cetera, but uh, who knows what kind of job they're going to be able to do. And of course, there is that emerging threat of AI. That impact is already being felt. And um, during elections in Slovakia, for example, last September, pro-Kremlin social media accounts shared AI-generated audio recordings, so they're AI, they're known as deep fakes, of journalists and politicians allegedly discussing how to rig the election. So it wasn't true. It wasn't true. It was all AI and it was all a deep fake. But how do people know when they're a deep fake? How do we really know? This is where 
the whole idea of AI comes in that is actually pretty scary for everybody. So not every election that we will hear about or even participate in this year will amount to a meaningful change in government or policy, nor will it necessarily lead to the fall of democracy outright. But collectively, the results could help shape an increasingly dangerous world, particularly amid heightened block rivalry between the West and China and a rise in white-wing nationalism across Europe and all the ongoing armed conflict between Israel and Hamas and Russia and Ukraine. And these elections can change the world. No matter what the results are, it is very likely, according to the D the VDEM Institute, um, that after 2024, the world is going to look differently and be a very different place. So as we as Americans start voting, and some of us are voting already in primaries, and then we'll be having national elections happening um, later in the year in November, really be diligent. Do your homework. Make sure you're not listening to um, fake news or or uh, you're not listening or watching any deep fakes. Stay away from the disinformation and the misinformation. Do your homework. Really try to pay attention to um, newspapers, magazines, websites that are legitimate and hopefully give all sides of the story. You don't want one that is, you know, just one-sided because as I was taught growing up, there's always three sides to every story, yours, mine, and the truth. So we need to search for the truth and then vote accordingly. And our lives actually depend on it. Our democracy depends on it. Our freedom depends on it. So be diligent, be careful, be wise, be smart, and really, really search for the truth. And I just, again, want to give a thanks and a shout out to Time Magazine for publishing that decisive year for democracy worldwide. I thought it was really well done and well balanced. Well, that is the show for today. Let's think less. Let's feel more. Let's ask once. Love. Let's give thanks often. Expect the best. Appreciate everything in life. Never give up. Make sure to have fun. Lead, invent, regroup, and live as if your success was inevitable. And it will be. And remember that today is Valentine's Day, a day dedicated to love and cherishing and kindness. So I hope that you are scattering kindness and love everywhere you go. Well, thanks again for joining me every week here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where we come to you live on the Voice American Network on the Empowerment Channel. You can change your life and make your dreams come true. 
I hope that you'll pick up any of my books at the website cynthiabryan.com. Just click on the Star Style store. You can also find my books on Amazon or in bookstores that you frequent. And again, the list of books is uh, on the website, but just a few are Chicken Soup for the Gardener Soul, Growing with the Goddess Gardener, uh, the Be the Star You Are series of books, Blessings and the, the uh, Blessings of Love and Relationship, which is a good one for today. And then the two books in my children's series, No Barnyard Bullies and Family for. Ever. I am currently working on the third book and hope to have that out by the end of the year or the first of next year. So again, CynthiaBryan.com. For information about Be The Star You Are charity that is empowering women, families, and youth, please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. Teens love getting involved in our book review program, and you can find out more again at be the star you are.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you all are already the star you dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And again, read a book this week. It's like a garden in your pocket. And until we celebrate again next week, remember, Love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Share the love. Happy Love Day. Happy Valentine's. Celebrate. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.